Hello, one and all. Let's Hi, everybody. Do a really soothing podcast introduction. That's weird. I don't know. Okay, we're just start. Yeah, we're just starting. Okay. Hello, everyone. Hi, welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Ribbon Book Club, a Dear America podcast. Uh, my name is Jen. My name is Kate. And we are today discussing the second half of So Far From Home. Why did you whisper it? So far. Because you look like Jesus. I do? <laughs> You're doing the, for our viewers at home. Oh, because I was on part two. Oh, part two. I was two. just helping you. I don't know. If, it's like cue cards. I don't know. And if then any over of here, you I was know. showing you the title. Gotcha. Thank you. Crap, but you did. Jen. For those of you who have grown up in the church and know your iconography, you'll know that the pic- images of Jesus. I thought this were, was a Pope thing. Uh, it's a Pope, also a Jesus thing. Um, You're Dutch reform. I'm not trusting you. Anyway, I Catholic. Took, I was us. an art history minor. I learned this, and and Jesus holds up two fingers and has the the three rest of his fingers together in a circle, and the two fingers uh, uh raised uh, uh represents the duality of Jesus, which is fully human and fully divine, and then the three fingers touching in a circle represents the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Really? I thought it was about how the hands of apes have to wrap around tree limbs. So that's why our hands bend like that. Well, yeah, that's evolution, though. Oh, can't have and that. we can't have that. <laughs> anyway, this, none of this matters. This is a fully visual gag that we are describing in, in great detail on our audio podcast. I don't know if we is the word. Me, well, I'm. you're in this, too. <laughs> we are discussing the second half of the book so far from home the diary of mary driscoll an irish mill girl that takes place in lowell massachusetts in 1847 we have so far made it across the ocean from skibbereen um on just a terrible 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 journey terrible time so far hopefully and if aunt nora has taught us anything everything will be smooth sailing from here on out because america is the land of opportunity where the streets are paved with gold literal actual is what liars say in their letters back to ireland (laughs) that's right i'm still mad at aunt nora (laughs) um so uh right where we left off um I believe uh, <laughs> it's been a while since we recorded. Right. She gets to America and there is no one to get her. Yeah. It's my worst, um, just like fear. Anxiety. Anxiety is like getting somewhere and then you're like, no, I have no one's, no one's here to pick me up. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, uh, da, da, but uh, finally, um, she, uh, she stays with Mr. Quinn and Sean. Ooh, Sean. The boat with them. What a dream boat. Sean. A very Irish name. And her and Mary's sister Kate shows up. Kate with a K. Mm-hmm. Important. Because Kate's with C's. Lovely. Kate's with K's. Not very nice people, as this Kate shows us pretty much right away. so many people listening to this podcast were just like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking as a Kate with a C, you're all going to have to deal. I have nothing against Kate's with a K. I know many of them. You're working hard to be everybody's favorite, Jen? Yes, Is that I what's am. important to I you? I am a pathological people pleaser. <laughs> <laughs> what's really funny about that, guys, is that that is the opposite it of is what's the true. It is the opposite. It is the opposite. And for those of you 
um, who don't know, it is also a lyric from one song by Taylor Allison Swift. <laughs> Her middle name is Allison? Her middle name is Allison. It's yeah. weird. No, it's not weird that you know that. Never mind. It's not weird. I thought it was weird for a second, and then I was like, you know every fact about Leonardo DiCaprio, so shut up. Do I? Oh, you do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a leg to stand on criticizing other people's fandoms. Yeah, you don't. Anyway. Um... So Kate comes together. They, she's a chatterer. Her favorite subject to talk about is herself, and she regularly just gets into uh, exactly what her life is like with the Abbots who own the mill that yeah. Mary will be working so at. So Kate is working as a maid in the household of the Abbots, and she is a little full of herself. Well, and she really seems to appreciate her proximity to power, mm-hmm. right? The Abbots have a lot of power in this community mm-hmm. uh, because she is their servant. She is not their equal, but she considers herself higher than the mill people. Yes, and uh, it's, yeah. It's very frustrating because she she puts herself up at specifically the expense of her fellow Irish immigrants. Mm-hmm. Um, as we see with a little one of the little stories that she has for Mary is um, that uh, when she first quote when she first went to work for Mrs. Abbott, she was cleaning and discovered a dollar under one of the beds. Kate had been warned that this was something Yankee women do. Mrs. Abbott had placed the dollar there on purpose, just to see if Kate would be tempted. That afternoon, she gave her the dollar, telling Mrs. Abbott that someone must have accidentally dropped it under the bed, and that she hoped Mrs. Abbott would be able to return it to the rightful owner. And, of course, it was a test for Mrs. Abbott. Which is such a mess. And do you know people still do that? Yeah. 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 Just to be like, can I trust this terrible minimum wage employee? And but maybe I could pay them more so they wouldn't be tempted to to steal a dollar. No, no, I couldn't possibly do Mind that. Mind you, a dollar is a great deal of money in 1847. True, true. Right, yeah. that's like a month's wages for some people. Yeah, but this makes Kate proud, and she's like, "Oh, Mrs. Abbott favors me above the others," and and she considers Kate to be trustworthy, unlike other Irish. Yeah. And that is Kate's like proud of that, <laughs> and it's like gross maybe don't yeah Yeah. maybe don't be also again a lot of these irish people would have been literally actually starving Mm -hmm. i'm I'm still real worked up about the irish potato famine i'm planning my trip to england for after i get my kidney transplant yeah and like i'm like what if we just skip everything that's associated with colonial england and you just are gonna skip England. England. Yeah, that's kind of my point. Yeah. I think I might have to. I was like, Dan was like, oh, well, let's go to, I really enjoyed Buckingham Palace or something. And I'm like, I can't. I can't. I can't. You could go steal something. I. This There's is, no way I'd get away with it. For legal reasons, this is a joke. Right. <laughs> All right, let's truck on. Yeah. Um, yeah, It. She, Kate really goes on for a little while about how much she loves working for the abbots that she's such a narc uh, <laughs> well and mary's gonna spend the night in the abbots oh that's right orders. yes yeah so they go to the abbot household um this also is reminding me of um Clotie's story how she worked in the big house and um her mistress i forget her name because she was goes away no 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 try no, no, all no, the no. stuff well that but I'm still back on the, the like, test where, like, the mistress wants to kind of get dirt on the rest of the 
people enslaved people that she owns um and so she's like clote why don't you tell me things and clote who is not an arc <laughs> and has some loyalty uh to her fellow people she's like no i'm not gonna do that kate on the on the other hand yeah sung like a fully would be just telling her all the secrets and that's that's terrible yeah yeah i absolutely agree Mm -hmm. um i thought this next scene was quite odd yeah um and sort of outside the character of this character uh mary who's quite demure and appropriate she seems quite like no nonsense like she's not taken in by Kate's stories of like working she's like I don't want to work in a fancy house I want to work at a factory where my hours are my own yes yes um and yeah you're right so she spends the night at the Abbott's house in Kate's room and then in the morning she like wakes up super early and goes through (laughs) Mrs. Abbott's stuff yeah she's like trying on her jewelry and it's becomes a very tense moment where you think like she's gonna get caught and I think, honestly, the reason for that is that the author just wanted to show us, the audience, like how the other half lives, essentially. Yes, that's distinctly possible. Mm-hmm. But I don't care for it because okay. I just don't see this character. Like, would you ever reach into somebody else's jewelry box and yeah. like pick up their <laughs> jewels? It just seems like a big... yeah. It's faux pas. Uh, I don't know what the word is that I want, uh, but it just doesn't seem like something. It's deeply would intrusive do. for anyone to do. And I, I mean, you're welcome to go through my stuff anytime you want because right. I trust you and I know you. But like, and I do, and I will. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but like, just like if you were a guest in somebody else's house, no matter what their station, yeah, would you ever? I would go through their bathroom. Oh. <laughs> Hey, guys, don't let Jen into your house. I'm fine. Danny's fine. But, like, Jen should probably have to stay home. Not, like, in detail, but I look around. I'll just have a little root around. I got to know what your shampoo situation is, you know? Oh. I don't don't actually care that much. We're all very concerned now. (laughs) Me and Danny are both looking at you like, should you be allowed in society? No. No, I shouldn't. Uh, Anyway, so... So, yeah, she almost gets caught rifling through Mrs. Abbott's things. Um, and then she decides that it's probably a good, best to get out of there. Um, so, but they, they're near the mills, so they're able to walk to where the mills are the next day. And um, da, 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 da. I think she, oh, yeah, this is like her, like, registering to get the job. But Yeah, it, and there's two things that I thought were important to touch on here. Mm-hmm. Um, one, this paragraph here on page 66, they're trying to hire as many Irish girls as possible because they won't complain about things the Yankee girls do. Now, one of the things that we talk about with this time period is labor disputes and mm-hmm. how there were so many starving Irish people coming over to work in these mills um, it created an immigration tension and mm-hmm. a labor tension between people who had been working for wages of their own mm-hmm. and people who were brand new to the job who were willing to work for less money because they were in a more desperate situation. Yeah, so you have someone like Mary who's coming from the worst affected county in Ireland. Yeah, Skibbereen was the worst. And so she's coming and she's told by Aunt Nora again... <laughs> <laughs> that oh everything's fine here in america come on over 
and she gets there and she's so eager to do anything that needs to be done to get her parents there that um, she's going to go and accept whatever whatever working conditions are presented can. Exactly. to her fa- at face value because, you know, what other choices does she have? Right. And when somebody undercuts a job price like that, it brings wages down for everybody else. So mm-hmm. there is almost a somewhat legitimate beef these Yankee girls would have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the and same time, see- have a little human compassion. Right, yeah. And you see that still in... <laughs> in American blue collar society where it's like, you know, they're the, coming here to steal our jobs coming to steal our jobs. Yeah. And that is not an unfounded fear with, you know, more and more manufacturing going overseas and immigration, the way they perceive it to be. Um, however, it's just, it's not really practically true. And also it's not really the fault of the immigrants. Certainly it's, not more the fault of the the factory owners <laughs> always most of our societal issues are issues of class mm-hmm. rather than issues of race or gender and now we will all rise and sing the, <laughs> the communist anthem no i'm kidding well, uh <laughs> you said it not me yeah so the next part that i wanted to talk about is her signing this contract with the bald mr fowler we're looking at page 67 can i just read the the description of the factory though oh yes i'm sorry it's please. just ab- just above it on page 67 the bright red brick building is so tall it seems to reach the sky i never dreamed earthly hands could make anything that big it looked to me like all the people in Ireland could fit inside. Well, at the rate that people in Ireland were dying, maybe they could. <laughs> yeah. Um, twi- They've never replaced the Irish... Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. We've moved on. Kate. Have we? <laughs> I'm not done being mad. That's okay. You, sh- you shouldn't be done, but we have to. We have we to. Have to. Yeah, <laughs> we have to be. We Literally, have to we're on. only on page 67 uh, of this book. Please, yeah. go ahead. Twas like a fortress. There were smokestacks blowing their blackness heavenward and darkening the sky. I felt cold, although the day was warm. A shudder rippled through my body. There was, There is nothing to be afraid of, I told myself. What could be worse than what I had already seen back in Ireland? I had to go through those gates. And so this is very much setting up her like, well, this looks scary, but... Yeah, it seems foreboding, like <laughs> yeah. the gates of hell. Mm-hmm. Heck, the gates of heck. I mean, you're Am I allowed to say hell in the very literal sense. Yeah. Um, so we go into this situation and she is so intimidated that she signs a contract without even reading it first. Now, um, I can understand exactly why that would happen, mm-hmm. um, but she can read and write. She would know how to do that. Uh, but she was so scared. And I just wanted to impress upon people that that could be a massive part of the narrative, mm-hmm. right? It almost seems, what's, for like foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, yeah. Um, and then the next sentence basically is talking about going to the acre. Mm-hmm. Uh, only Irish live in the acre. Um, and oh, it was like effectively the ghettoization of the Irish in America. Mm-hmm. They had to live in this one particular area. They could not mix into the boarding houses with the other Mm-hmm. girls who had come in from the Massachusetts countryside to mm-hmm. work in Lowell. Um, and they had to all live in, instead of these nice, clean 
boarding houses that had amenities and food. Mm -hmm. They had to produce their own food, uh, you know, live a little bit more independently, which is kind of nice, but also in drearier conditions because people did not want to believe that Irish were worth anything. And part of that is because America is a nation that was colonized by the British, who are Protestants, um, following Church of England uh, creation. And that Protestant religion came to the Americas, and anybody who wasn't Protestant, i.e. they were Catholic, Mm -hmm. was considered effectively a foreigner. Now, I recognize the Irish were foreigners, but the Catholic religion kept people downtrodden. In fact, at this point in time in Ireland, they were still using a set of laws that did not allow equal opportunity for people who were Catholic. And Mm -hmm. some of those same policies made headway in America because Mm. Catholics were not considered desirable human beings. I think people forget a lot how much anti-Catholic sentiment there was historically in this country and how how far it reached into like modern history yeah i mean kennedy was the first catholic president 1960s um, yeah and that was a big deal it was people (laughs) you would be shocked so many people in my life because my family's catholic on Mm -hmm. my father's side so many people in my life take the kennedys crazy seriously because it was such a milestone moment for Mm -hmm. these people Mm -hmm. well because their thinking was if the president is catholic then where does his loyalty lie does it does that mean that the pope can just tell him what to do and he has to do it because he's catholic yep um and there yeah so there's a lot of mistrust and but that yeah it (laughs) it's it's weird and we don't really think about it much anymore but that that used to be a big deal yeah (laughs) and it still is in in other countries right certainly in ireland all the way Really through today, Mm -hmm. but certainly up through the Clinton administration. For sure. Um, So living with Aunt Nora, now that we've gotten to the acre, Aunt Nora lives in effectively a tar paper shack that has two rooms. One's Mm -hmm. a kitchen and one's like a front room. And within those two rooms, in addition to Aunt Nora, there are also a family of boarders called the Delaney's. Mm Mrs. Delaney is a very old lady. She lives with her son, John, who is described as a bit daft. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think means he might have been what we would consider intellectually slow or uh, possibly neurodivergent, uh, sort of outside uh, the normal milestones that people would expect for a boy of his age. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not a boy. He's a grown man who paints houses. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still lives with his mother because it was that difficult for people to survive. The Delaney's also live in the front room with the pigs that they mm-hmm. and Aunt Nora are raising. Um, and that is, I think, very telling about the sort of conditions that people were comfortable with letting Irish boarders take. Mm-hmm. You get to live with the pigs inside, mm-hmm. right? Like, that is the stuff of biblical manger setup. <laughs> You know, like, that's so poor, it was considered the lowest of the low. That's what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. This is the lowest of the low. These people may have come to America for, like, more opportunity and a better life, and they are living Mm -hmm. in the front room with pigs. Now, in Ireland, they might not have been living in much better conditions. Or or at all. 
Well, yep. That's certainly <laughs> true. But I'm just talking about like, yeah. the shape and condition of the houses in Ireland. No, yeah. Um, there were, all of the land was owned by... They were tenant Protestant farmers. landowners mm-hmm. who often were based in England and mm-hmm. did not see what was happening. So effectively created this slumlord situation. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes rather than take you know, and and be beholden to these Protestants, the Catholic mm-hmm. farmers would actually live in ditches. They would build mm. huts in the sod in ditches. And that's why the Irish were considered so wild. They were like a bog people who seemed to come out of the ground. Yeah, it's just like you just imagine some like random English person just be like, oh, isn't that so silly? They choose to live in a ditch. Oh, right, must rather than because... in the horrible houses that yeah. you're willing to provide. And instead of like thinking through like why someone would choose to do that, they're just like, oh, it must just be because it because they're disgusting they're, and untrustworthy. <laughs> yeah. No, that's literally what's happening. Yeah. Well, and oh, so, and I'm still not done. Aunt Nora is just conned Marion to <laughs> coming to live with her in this hovel. And she's like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. And I'm like, you're going to sleep in the same bedroom with me in the yeah. same bed in a kitchen. I while think I would be. Pigs live in the next room with. I would not be mad at know. Aunt Nora if she was like, listen, things kind of suck here. But there's jobs. But we jobs, can make a run of it, yeah. And we can, we can get you a job and you can make money. It's going to be hard. But no, no, no. Aunt Nora just fully was like lying yeah. <laughs> to this child. It's all cotton candy. And, yeah. <laughs> and then right? you get there and you're like, oh, oh, this? This is your streets paved with gold, On the Aunt big Nora? rock candy mountain. <sighs> da, 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 anyway, okay. I think I'm done with that. Um, <laughs> moving on. Um, we sleep overnight. Um, Should we get to the mill? Yeah, let's get to the mill. Uh, Um, Oh, I mean, she tells Aunt Nora about Alice O'Donnell and, like, the situation that was happening in Boston. Um, And how awful. Awful? awful. What did I just... How awful. What was that? All right. And how awful that was. Just awful, you know. What? Goodness. Oh, oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. It's a real problem. It's a real conundrum. <laughs> this is how we talk. Listen, I honestly, if we keep this up, I'm not going to be able to stop. Okay. I don't know where the other one I came from. I don't want to. You really? All right. Well, listen, to... we can just go for it. Okay. All right. So we're probably just going to make everybody <laughs> insane who listens to this year podcast. Dude, we just are slowly losing all our followers. Gosh, I feel like we're slowly losing all of our marbles. Yes. All right. I, I can't do it anymore. It's the snow, guys. We've got 24 inches of snow and we're really losing it here. Uh, yeah. So. Da, 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 da. She's like, oh, Alice is in this horrible situation. And anyway. Um. <laughs> so she goes on for the next couple pages to describe the mill and how Working. loud it is and how busy yeah. it is. Has to work, wake up at 5. Th- she has to be at the mills at 530 in the morning, which to someone like me who cannot even make it to work at 8 a.m. <laughs> Just sounds horrible, and I, I looked at you as, as I always do for some level of confirmation that this is a crazy time, and you're just like giving me some blanks. You give me nothing every time, Jeffrey. Not a. Not I wake up at four forty-five because I have to do a mile before five forty-five no, in the morning, so I can pop needles into my arm. Yes, I do. I bet you could do that like a little later, though. Well, because no after I get off the needles at 9.30, I have to do four and a half more miles. 
So yes, if I'm going to get a kidney. Yeah, you're right. You never woke up at the crack of dawn before you had to do all of these things. <laughs> you're right. I've always been, not always, sometimes I'm just bad at sleeping and I may as well be up doing stuff. Yeah. Stop make, trying to make me feel bad. Jeffrey? Because of your Jeffrey? health <laughs> issues. Jeffrey? I know you're like this on your own. <laughs> yeah, I suppose even if I did have the ability to clean my own blood, I would yeah. still probably wake up at the... Mm-hmm. Yep. Very earliest I could. Yeah. Ah, uh, uh, see, I found my way out of it without swearing. Look mm-hmm. at me go. So she has to be there at 530 in the morning. Um, not that early. Which is very early. <laughs> and she works in spinning room number three, which takes up the whole floor. Uh, there are long rows of machines lined up one next to each other. As far as the eye can see, there are girls tending them up and down the aisles i cannot say how many machines there are but there must be hundreds of that i am certain each was making the most awful hissing and whizzing sounds this devilish noise came rushing down all around me like an endless waterfall the sound was so great that the floor beneath my feet trembled i could feel the thunderous sound come up my legs i feared i would cry out and run from the room just be rid of it god help me I wonder how many people in this line of work went deaf. It seems like a real hazard. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, of course, they don't have any, like, protective right. ear coverings or anything. I don't even like going to concerts without ear covering. I've like, gotten to that plugs. point, yeah. Oh, I've always been at that point. I went to go see Yellow Card when I was 16. <laughs> I know, aging myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to the front, and we were, like, right by the band, and it was super fun. Yeah. Uh, and I tapped one of the security agents on the shoulder and I was like, do you have earphones? And he mm-hmm. handed me a, pl- a bunch that had uh, lightning bolts on them. And mm-hmm. I was like, these are cool. Thank you. And then I could enjoy the concert Aww. because I've been old forever. Your whole life. Yep. I was born 45. Don't yeah. you know? Don't you know? You're like a Benjamin Button. Listen, I do make a nice jello salad. <laughs> I don't want to know what else is in it. Cottage cheese? No. Uh, <laughs> absolutely not. This is no. <laughs> Sometimes you can do it with cottage cheese powder and a little. Uh, well, marshmallow. Cottage cheese powder? Sorry. Co- what did I? Jello powder. Okay. Uh, so you can either make it into the mold uh, with the liquid and mix the jello, mix the cottage cheese in. Um, along usually with uh, a few so pistachios bad. and some coconut and pineapple no, pieces. No, But if you want to make that just a little bit more sweet, you add the marshmallow whip. God. <laughs> now you can mold that or you can make it free form. Oh, I need a minute. I'll send you a picture of what it looks like. God. Okay. All right. <laughs> so she... Uh, she spots, um, one of the Yankee girls, um, and Mr. Fowler, um, yells into her ear, like, that she's, like, of course you have to yell at each other in this room, um, but he brings this girl over and, and she's a little older and he's like, she's gonna show you around. Her name is Annie Clark, um, and, uh, she explains that uh, Mary's gonna be a bobbin girl, um, she showed me the wooden crates on rollers where the empty bobbins are kept and how to doff the bobbins when they are filled with the spun yarn. Then I take them off to the spinning frame and replace them quickly with empty ones. I must hurry so the spinning frames are not stopped long. 
while there are no bobbins to change, I can sit quietly and wait. Which is unusual for jobs in the In factory. America. <laughs> in America. It yes. is actually super yeah. unusual for jobs in America to allow you to be seated ever. Mm-hmm. Like, it, Unless there's you have this idea. Job. Yeah. And then which you is sit super interesting. all the time. <laughs> and then everything, all of your, like, office fitness messaging is all about... Oh, you've been sitting so long, your butt's just like, you're, you're losing all of your mobility because you're sitting too long. Yeah. Which is true. No, oh, yeah, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, in the upcoming pages, uh, we're talking about another visit from Kate, and she's talking about her work. Um, and overall, we conclude, Mary concludes that she still prefers to work at the mills. She's not dealing with Yankee ladies. She has her own time. She isn't uh, at somebody's beck and call 24-7. There are set hours. I think that is a really good way to consider work-life balance, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then the weekend comes. She goes to uh, St. Patrick's for... Um, Sunday services, which is just showing, I think, that, like, the Irish are very much making, having a foothold here, and, like, despite all of the hardships that they have to do, they're they're still determined to have their church, and you look so confused. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, two I'm of my a... pages stuck together, oh, so okay. I was telling you stuff about Kate, and then you're like, and then they go to St. Patrick's on the weekend, and I'm like, nah, dog, it's Monday already, what are you talking oh, about? Okay, I had to go yeah, backwards. yeah, no, as always. Uh, no. <laughs> this... <laughs> uh, yeah, so Kate's there, uh, she also gets a, a letter from Sean, who's like, don't worry, we put Allison of Convent. Which is a good move. It is a good move, yeah, so... There's that. Hopefully she gets some kindness and food. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, I hate the world. <laughs> Can our next podcast be like the Kate and Jen Everything's Sunny podcast? Everything's fine. <laughs> Good news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, da, 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 da. um and they get a letter from Skibbereen from uh, that was written by Father Mulaney. Um, who's the priest in their parish, I guess. Right, because the parents are not because educated. Because Ma can't write. Yep. Um, so she, you know, sends greetings from home, um, and they say, you know, don't worry, we haven't been evicted yet from our cottage, thanks to the landlord just being kind. Um, and that's all good. Um, then we're back at work, and Annie Clark is continuing to be kind uh she has this way of talking about all the yankee girls where she's like they're all attractive yeah <laughs> but so she seems beautiful. particularly taken with annie clark well and annie clark is kind she's a kind character which yeah. is not a guarantee from all these yankee girls yeah yeah so we and we will meet some other yankee girls but for now we seem to be focusing on annie and she says uh that i've learned my task quickly and well she said she is very proud of me which made me blush uh i'm trying <laughs> yeah I, I try so hard while reading this book not to just be like she's gay but, uh, listen listen we love a gay character we do we love it um i have a feeling not every character in every one of these books was written to be secretly gay but that's what it sure seems like to me <laughs> well if we look at death of the author 
Yeah. Eventually, once the book is published, it is no longer theirs to interpret. That's true. But it is ours. And she has a big old crush yeah. on Annie Clark. That's and who can I blame say. her? Who can blame her? Right? This girl needs a little kindness. She and seems... sometimes kindness is deep is the most attractive part of somebody. Yeah. No matter what they look like. Listen, Annie, she's a little older. She's more established. She's, you know, American. She seems hot. Yeah. Friends who are listening, if you are looking for a partner, look for a kind partner. Mm-hmm. Somebody who is kind to your face and kind and behind your back. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's, money doesn't matter. Education doesn't matter. Their hobbies don't matter. They have to be kind. Yeah. So what so I'm saying we're is very Mary happy. could do worse than Ari we're, Clark. Yeah, we're very happy for Mary. Um, mazel tov to them both. Um, so, um where, we, where do you want to start? Uh, I'm on page 83. Okay. Annie Clark has effectively put Mary up for a promotion and a raise. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to be tending a spinning frame now. Nice. Yeah, and she's like there helping her out, making sure that she, you know, doesn't drop the ball in anything. It's like she's also, you know, just a really good work friend. Yeah. If nothing else. And I think we all can attest to the power of a good work friend. Mm-hmm. That is how we started, mm-hmm. right? And here we are, 12 years later. Yeah. Um, so there's one thing that I want to talk about. Um, I, Aunt Nora is an interesting character. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a witch. Yeah. Like a yeah. Like a witchy witch, witch, McWitch. Because I would, had just turned the page and I was like, oh, wait, yeah, we need to talk about that. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Um, So it says, page 82, Mm -hmm. Aunt Nora can put you in a fright if she has a mind to. She had a row with Mr. Byrne, who is also a teacher at St. Patrick's. Mm -hmm. Uh, Apparently he hit... It comes out of nowhere, really. Yeah. Like this whole story. (laughs) Yeah. It's real weird. Well, Aunt Aunt Nora is going to continue to be just a little witchy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is our first sampling of it. Um, So Mr. Burns hits this little kid and she doesn't care for it. And then the next page. Well, she says, um, yeah, she, the Mr. Burns hit a, a kid and. We Aunt, Liam O'Neill. Yes. And Aunt Nora says that he has no call to be carrying on like that. And she's going to make him scratch where he doesn't itch. And then page 85. <laughs> so we go from page 82 to 85. The teacher who hit little Liam O'Neill was found dead yesterday morning. <laughs> I was like, excuse me, Aunt Nora, Aunt, where were you? <laughs> let the punishment fit the crime, perhaps? <laughs> yeah. He walloped a kid on his butt and now he's dead? He fell from the roof of St. Patrick's. Tis a mystery what he was doing there or how he fell. That being said, side note. If you can stay off a ladder for the rest of your life, do it. Ladders calm, cause more. Yeah. Early death and paralyzation than almost anything else in America. Mm-hmm. Um, so just don't do it. You're not yeah. trained to be up Meanwhile, there. the next page, the next sentence. Aunt Nora sang a tune all evening. <laughs> Girl, where were you? Right. On the uh, evening. Account for your time. <laughs> this, like, I don't blame you. I get, well, it's complicated, but geez. But geez. <laughs> geez. Anyway. So we're getting trained um, and uh, we're, we're doing all the new stuff, meeting some of the other Yankee girls. Mm-hmm. Oh, we go to the boarding house. Yes, we do. Um, we meet Mrs. Jackson, who is the boarding house keeper. I am for real. Yep. 
and uh, she uh, she sees you know all the Yankee girls who live there and all the lists of rules that the girls have to follow because you know as as much as these boarding houses were very much nicer than the acre it was still very much a uh, situation of uh, here's a bunch of young single girls who live in a boarding house we can't possibly just let them do whatever they want so uh they had to women at all times must be controlled jeff don't you know yeah i mean sometimes it would be nice (laughs) (sighs) i do like her observation about how quickly everybody eats and how Mm. american girls do everything quickly and like i think that is telling in a couple ways and and yeah. interesting and part of american culture in a big way like there is hustle cut culture in this country yeah, yeah for sure amongst but the impoverished also anyway. just the food that she talks about you know the passing around large platters of boiled beef potatoes and steaming bowls of cabbage and vegetables uh and bread and crackers and it just sounds delightful to me like Amazing. Sounds I would really love cozy. to make that meal. Yeah. Um, however, I also wonder, because, I mean, we're feeding like 16 girls yeah. who live at this one boarding house, and Mrs. Jackson would have had to produce all of this, and she did not have help. Yeah. So she made enough bread for 16, uh, yeah. 17 people, 18, once you count Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, it makes me wonder. <laughs> right. How did she boil all that? Like, this would have mm. been such an around-the-clock job for Mrs. Jackson just to feed these girls yeah. and keep this house reasonably clean. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine taking this on. Um, <laughs> she's describing how all the girls do everything quickly and, you know, how they look and everything. Many of the girls were dressed fancier than Annie, but none shone as brightly like a fairy tale princess she is. Gay. What? Gay! <laughs> Do we have like a little, like a queer bell we could add? Like ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Gay. Gay. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Danny. Danny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I literally wrote, I'll stop thinking all of these girls are gay when they stop writing them like this. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm not trying to do this. But she shone brightly like a princess. And I think that's beautiful. And I wish them well. Um, so yeah, she's introduced to other girls who are not as beautiful and like a princess. Uh, or like just not as nice. Some of them are really <laughs> yeah. interesting, but Clarissa Burroughs is a jerk. Yeah, there's Ruth Shattuck, Eunice Courier, Laura Austin, and Clarissa Burroughs. Um, yeah, and tell me, tell me about Clarissa Burroughs and how much you don't like her. Because I... page eighty nine, we yes. get a good description. Clarissa Burroughs wets her lip with the tip of her tongue and plays with her long black hair while she talks. You can tell she thinks she's prettier than she is. Truth is, she's harsh looking. She watched me like a hawk. I think I'm harsh looking. My eyes are too dark. (laughs) That's not true. That's patently not true based on how many people feel that you're inviting them to talk to you. Oh, well. (laughs) All right. You make a strong point. I just think my eyes are too dark. I just look like really intense all the time. Mm. Okay. Anyway, uh, she watched me like a hawk the whole night. She didn't take her eyes off of me, not even while she was talking to Annie. She's a crooked one, that Clarissa Burroughs. If she swallowed a knitting needle, twould come out a corkscrew. I love that phrase. I love that. Right? I'm going to steal that. Yeah, there's some really good, like, girl group dynamics. I agree. 
section. I think the author captures what it is to be in a girl group easily here. Yeah. And it's, there's, yeah, I read, there's some girl, intense girl politics happening. It's, it's like Mean Girls, but Lowell Mill edition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, she's saying, describing all of them and how, and says how they can be friends is a mystery to me. They're all so different. Um, <laughs> oh, and, and after... Her dinner was done. The outcomes, dessert, coffee and tea and blueberry pie and ice cream. And I was like, what? This sounds lovely. I want to go there. Um, we, should, we should make this dinner. Yeah. That'd be fun. That would be Have fun. our own Lowell Irish Mill Girl mm-hmm. dinner. Yeah. So I always find a way to like work extra cooking in for me. <laughs> I'm like, and now I'll serve dinner. Yeah. I'm, I'm good to let you do that for sure. I know. Yeah. Although last night Jen made part of dinner and she made the best macaroni and cheese I've ever had. Thank you. It was really... It's all thanks to Snoop Dogg. God really. bless Snoop Dogg. <laughs> That's the sentence I didn't think we'd say on this podcast. But but I stand by it. That's yeah. good. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, it makes a, a good mac and cheese recipe. So we're talking about some of the things that are happening at the Acre in the following pages on page 92. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have some inter-Irish crime. Uh, there is a girl, Fiona Buckley who was attacked by some Irish lads while she was walking home uh, down Dublin Street. And she gets uh, attacked. Uh, I think somebody hits her in the head with a rock or yeah. something. I'm trying to remember the details. Yeah, it says um, she was ho- walking home down Dublin Street last night and got caught in the middle of some Irish lads. They hit her in the head with one of their stones, and the poor girl bruised her knees when she ran and fell. Okay. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> Bruised her knees. Yeah, that's... That was I, the conclusion that I took I from had that. a thought about that as well. Yes. Yes, yes you, you're catching on, Danny. Thanks, but I, <laughs> yeah. I, I hope Ruby isn't. Yeah. But always this is the... This is the thing that truly frustrates me about these books, and it's not the book's fault. Hmm. It's not the book's fault. In every single one of these books, except for the one about the Puritan girl, yeah, there has been a sniff of adult themes. It's not the adult themes. I don't mind that at all. Okay. There's been a sniff of assault. Okay. And the problem isn't the books. The books are reflecting our society. Yeah. And the number one threat that dominates every part of our lives really truly mm. is the threat of personal female assault mm-hmm. yeah uh and i get it just turns my stomach mm-hmm. uh but the fact that we have to start talking to girls as young as second grade mm-hmm. about what a threat it is when somebody else uses them as a device for their own pleasure right yeah. Turns my stomach. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Because what that crime is, is a crime of power mm-hmm. where it's about making somebody else literally an object, a tool for your release. Mm-hmm. And I hate it. Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything. Yeah. There's nothing comforting to say. You can just be like, yep. Yeah. No, I mean, I Life guess sucks. the only thing that I can say is that. It, it shows that these things happen 
and kind of in a way that makes you even as a child think like that's messed up yeah and so like maybe helps prepare <laughs> you a little bit i don't I know hope so um, if there's something that we can draw out of this that's positive but i am super tired of living in this culture because mm. this is still a thing yeah um in this the year of taylor swift and greta gerwig <laughs> here we are yeah oh that's another movie i saw in theaters there's tour twice <laughs> i don't think the previous part of that conversation was recorded um i've had a very good year in theaters is what i'm trying to say i'm super happy for you and t swift <laughs> thanks um so getting back to other women with power mm-hmm. page 94 let's talk about aunt nora again oh how yes. she's got a little suspected uh, of witchcraft aunt nora. right <laughs> where were you on the evening of thursday i saw aunt nora with the <laughs> devil <laughs> anyway so she claims to have knowledge of the future yeah. a highly overrated skill set uh not unimportant but goodness gracious mm-hmm um she sees events looming on the horizon for me soon i will be faced with an important decision quote when the wheel has come full circle she said what does that mean what indeed what does that mean there's also some good like that's why fortune telling is kind of a shady art well yeah because it could mean anything you're like oh this yeah it fits perfect sure 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 i just enjoy how there's also like some um like textile imagery where it's like grave events looming on the horizon oh clever wheel has come full circle. i don't know I, that's probably me reading things too much are, into it, but <laughs> text that says uh everything will weave together yes the threads of fate i love it <laughs> it'll be woven together in a beautiful anyway so then she says sometimes aunt nora gives me the chills right <laughs> Do we all have an aunt who kind of spooks us a little bit? Because I, I definitely have an aunt like that. Yeah, that would be good. I feel like I'm going to be that aunt. I I want to be anyway. I desire to be the spooky, mysterious aunt. We'll work on your spooky quotient. Thank you. I will. Oh. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's mm-hmm. work on okay. that. I got to just start saying like ominous things like this. It doesn't have to be ominous. You can be spooky and very cheerful. That's true. But I want to be ominous. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> um, so we're getting a description of the city of Lowell. We're mm. going oot and a boot. Oot and a boot. Oh, because she's been invited by Annie Clark to visit the shops with her and Laura Austin. They're all going to spend a little bit of money. I could barely stop from throwing my arms around her. Having Annie has made the world seem brighter. Gay. <laughs> oh man. Um, and all the while, though, she is still fantasizing about being with Sean. Yeah, I mean that's fine. Yeah, we're not here for bi erasure. Like that's she's right. just trying we're to not. We're trying. She's just trying to make up her mind. And you know what? Explore. Explore and you gotta kiss them all. Gotta How kiss do you know? All. How do you know? Treat the world like a bunch of Pokemon that you've got to smooch on the mouth. <laughs> mouth not doesn't. You can smooch. Okay. Them All right. Okay. <laughs> um. Kate returns. No, wait. You don't. Don't skip over this nothing. lovely description of an old timey candy shop. Oh, I thought we were going to briefly talk about the old-timey prostitutes. Oh, yeah, that too. Um, 
All right. Uh, Can we start with the pros? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they're talking about girls who paint their cheeks. Yeah. Uh, on page 96. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do the fancy ladies paint their cheeks? And they both laughed to attract their prey. Now, they're actually talking about women of wealth um, mm. because they're on like the marriage market. Uh, however, yeah. when Kate comes to visit on page 99, mm-hmm. Kate paints her cheeks now just like the ladies in those carriages. I, yeah, I don't know. I th- Well, I think it's Kate trying to get away from her Irish working class roots. It's very Mrs. It's very Turner of her. I 10,000% agree. And thank you for making that connection to the Gilded Age because it's such a good show. Danny, are you watching the Gilded Age? The Gilded Age heads out there. Yeah, it's a fantastic show. (laughs) It's a slow start. But the second season... It's great. It's great. It's great. Um, So... I think that we are seeing these changes in Kate, and it's going to bring a third act in Kate's life. You still life. skipped over my lovely old-timey candy shop. Well, I don't care about your candy shop. Go ahead. It's fine. No, there's no, there's good. shops and windows, and, and inside found dresses, shoes, and boots, and bonnets, and combs, and shawls, and jewelry, and one store had jars of striped candy, chocolate, molasses, raisins, bread, crackers, and barrels of sugar, flour, and rice. I don't think I want jars of molasses who would be buying just people who make <laughs> molasses cookies well yeah but like just okay okay but if we're okay. in a candy don't shop. you want to wander down an old-timey street and see the windows full of jars and full of sacks and full of waves been to greenfield village so this scratch yes. has been itched but don't you want to itch it all the time with old-timey goods and goodies and you can just feel like a you're having a merry old time just being like oh yes general store owner i would like three sacks flour <laughs> okay maybe i'm just th- okay no, we can move on it's fine <laughs> i think you need to borrow my copies of anne of green gables yeah yeah that's gonna make you feel better okay at one point in time <laughs> Anne gets she like matthew goes in to buy 50 pounds of brown sugar because he's too embarrassed to ask to get yes. Anne the beautiful puff sleeve the puff dress in the sleeve window. The dress. The puffiest in the world. Puffiest in the world. That's another deep cut for I you. love those movies. Yeah. Danny, have you seen these? Danny, we oh, need to educate Danny. you on girl culture. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you need some girl culture in mm-hmm. your life. Also, the guy who plays Gilbert is oh, the most handsome hot. boy in the whole world. He'll Very, be your first love. Yeah. It's a real rough start, but it's a real enemies to lovers slow burn. It's great. Like literally like 1800s She smashes a slate over his head. It's great. He calls her carrots. Because he called her carrots. Can you imagine? So mean. But then he gets hot and he's a doctor. I'm like, how could you say no to that? (laughs) I'm trying to remember if he's a doctor. This has gone completely off the rails. (laughs) All right. We really have an appreciation for Victorian era girl literature. Yeah. That's what this is about. Yeah. All right. Um, Thank you for taking my detour to the shops. I wanted to go old timey shopping. Yeah. You you kept skipping over it. Danny's never (laughs) been to Greenfield Village. Should we take him? Yeah. Let's go. And me. Everybody get in the car. Okay. Oh, she gets her first payday. Hot dog. I want to know how much she made. <laughs> I don't think it says. And they get paid once a month. Um, and so it's she's been on the payroll for two weeks. So she gets two weeks worth of pay. And they line up when the closing bell rings and they just like hand out cash. <laughs> like the good old days. 
And so she gives it to Aunt Nora for safekeeping. And I want to know how much she made. Yeah, they genuinely don't say. They never say. Now, Aunt Nora is trying to make enough money to get the parents out of Skibbery. Yeah. Oh. Oh, we have our first mill injury. Oh, yeah. on On the next entry. Um, one of the weavi- one of the girls in the weaving room was hurt today. God help her. A shuttle flew off the loom and hit her above the eye. <sighs> uh, I did not see her, but Laura says she was hurt badly. Knowing how fast those shuttles fly, it isn't a surprise to me. And Laura- I think... Hmm? Never mind. Okay. And Laura's describing uh, that the weaving room is worse than the spinning room. It's hotter and the, and it's noisier, um, and this this same day she says that two girls fainted before the noon bell, and uh, that the corporation doesn't want the thread to become brittle and break. Um, what? Why is that in the center? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, I asked if they worried that we might become brittle and break. So I think this is this is the introduction to how we will know Laura more is that she is kind of voicing these concerns about working conditions and she's kind of slowly being like, hey, this the corporation is uh, making us do all these things and they don't allow water buckets in the rooms. They think we'll take too much time drinking water, um, which they're in this environment where it's so hot and there's so much fiber that they're breathing in mary says that her throat is always so sore and it's hard to breathe and her dress always soaks through with sweat and so it's just this conversation with laura is like laying some good groundwork about like hey this is not good we shouldn't have to accept these conditions right right and that's going to be very important Mm -hmm. uh to the history of lowell uh and these mill girls Mm mm-hmm uh, but uh, Mary herself is feeling poorly. Uh, I enjoy when they add a little bit of detail about old-timey remedies mm-hmm. uh, and raspberry leaves uh, to make a sugar tea, basically, as a syrupy gargle mm-hmm. um, was very common. But also the use in the next page, I'm looking at page 102, uh, onion boiled in milk was another. That actually sounds kind of good. Like, I would eat that. <laughs> Gross. Um, <laughs> I feel no, like with it, some spices, it'd be like an onion soup. Yes. Like um, creamy and onion, onion soup. pulls a lot of stuff out of your body. Oh, if okay. you, um, in the old days, um, the old days being like pioneer era, mm-hmm. uh, people would make onion poultices, onion and mustard that they would mm-hmm. put on their bottoms of their feet when they slept or on their chest to pull mm-hmm. um, phlegm out of their bodies. Uh, and it actually worked pretty well. Onion is also great for... If you eat a lot of onions, you'll your bowel will be happier, and the the little bacteria that run around in your guts mm. uh, get slightly more efficient because it's sugars that they can use. Hmm. Um, nice. So if you're feeling crappy, eat a bunch of onion. That's and it is the basis of most soups. So, mm-hmm. but if you eat too much onion, like if you're eating French onion soup, it's probably going to give you gas. So just be prepared for that. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds like a price I'm willing to pay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just don't eat it like the night before a date. Mm. Yeah. These are tips from Kate Reed's lived experiences. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, we get a letter from Mrs. Delaney. She was sad that she hadn't heard from his, her son in a while. Oh, yeah. They kind of... And he's making 80 cents a day. Well, well. Well, 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 well. Um, I don't really know what's going on with the Delaney's. They kind of come in and out of the story just randomly. And I'm well, like, I right. don't think it is inaccurate to say that these books are diaries mm-hmm. and they don't always oh, have sure. a good narrative thread. Yeah, I think that's um, one of the more accurate ways of doing a, a diary. Oh, now story. this is interesting. Speaking of illnesses, uh, we have a girl who doesn't go to work for two days, and so she just gets fired. She just gets canned. Great. Love um, that. Canned? Did I do it again? Canned. Yeah, it sounds you did. weird, you totally right? Totally did. Canned. Um, so we're worried about... <laughs> I say in a perfect mid, uh, mid-Atlantic like, accent. Well, anyway. Canned. Um, canned. Is that right? I'm just going to look over there. If I feel like I'm looking at the book, I'm going to lose it. Canned. 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 I don't normally have that deep of an accent. No. Ugh. <laughs> uh, ba 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 Mr. Fowler gets angry at somebody for reading her Bible instead of tending to her machine. Uh, And he took the heavy end. She took the heavy end of the stick. Um, I think that means he hit her. I think so. Cool. Yeah. Another condition that maybe we should work on. Yeah, maybe. Um... We're having another little date with Annie, page 106. Oh, talked about everything under the sun, Annie and me, having to leave home, working in the mills, the girls in the boarding house. Annie says she doesn't mind mill work, (laughs) reading it like a teen girl. That's the way it should be written, or read. Um, It lets her lay aside enough money. She wants to work just one more year, then she'll set off on her own. Uh, she is lucky to be living at the boarding house. Tis so much nicer than the acre. Annie said that it is. Mill <laughs> she's like, yeah, no, it is. <laughs> Agreed. The acre does seem crap. Millwork has helped her see that there is more to life than working on a farm, and for that she is grateful. But she does not like having to go to church every Sunday. Mrs. Jackson keeping a sharp eye on their coming and going, and peddlers disturbing them at night, selling their ribbons, shoes, jewelry, and candy. That's just a fun... <laughs> Just a funny thing to think about. It's like door to door salesman. Her trying to sleep, and it's the like basically the old timey version of like we would like to reach, reach you about your car's extended <laughs> warranty, <laughs> like ribbons, ribbons, shoes. <laughs> uh, that sounds annoying. Um, oh, but she mentions that she would like to have more time to write her poetry, and and Mary tells her about this diary. There are so many divulgences. Um, it was the first time I t- ever told anyone. It just jumped out of my mouth. Annie s- said I never ceased to surprise her. And then we kissed. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> Gay. That didn't happen. That's that didn't not happen. The book, guys. That last part. But they did share some secrets. Um, yeah. But yeah, like the fact that that Annie also does not like Clarissa because yeah. Clarissa's mean. I thought she liked Laura Ruth and Clarissa. I thought they were her friends. <laughs> Annie said she does not like she does like Laura and Ruth. They are to, like sisters to her and just as precious. Still, there are times when she wants to be alone. Um, yeah. So it's just a very kind of cute little date. <laughs> 
Um, Speaking of Clarissa, the next page, page 110. Yeah. uh, Mary catches Clarissa talking spit. Mm, That's a gross way to say. That's a gross substitution. I don't like that. Okay, let me try again. (laughs) Uh, Mary catches Clarissa talking poorly about the Irish. Okay, that's better. She didn't know I was so near. She was talking so loud. It was hard not to hear her. She said that the mill agents like Irish girls because they take all the lower paying jobs and Mm. we have to take what we can get. Mm -hmm. Just look at where they live in shanty towns like the Acre. That's where that Mary Driscoll lives. She started imitating how I speak. Everyone laughed. The Irish should stay in Ireland where they belong. And so much of the sentiment we hear mm. again today in and the year 2024. The hairs were standing along the back of my neck and my cheeks were burning like red hot coals. I went over to where she stood, tapped her on the shoulder I did. When she turned around, it was plain I was not who she was expecting to see. I asked her if she would say if she would stay, quote, where she belonged, if there was no food to eat and everyone around her was starving. If leaving was her only hope, would you stay, Clarissa? She looked at me, her dark, dark eyes blinking. It was like she was trying to make me disappear. Her mouth stayed open, but no sound I was hearing. We were standing so close I could smell her. That's a weird detail. Um, but, 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 I was... After raising my, I I was after raising my voice. Yeah, that's just an Irish wave. I was after doing this, you know. Oh, weird. Uh, Some of the Yankee girls gathered round. They were staring and talking to one another. I fully expected her to tap her on the shoulder and exactly smug her. Well, and I was like, the the energy that I was expecting as well was like something sassy, but instead it's just like. Would you, wouldn't you want to leave if everyone you knew was dying? It's like, yeah, no, that, I mean, that is. Do you sort of feel like the author is talking to people who would criticize immigrants today? Yeah. 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 Um, and it's probably the better uh, approach to take in this situation as well. Than just kicking somebody in the jaw. <laughs> yeah. Just starting a fist fight. Um, but uh, speaking of violence, though, you, you skipped over the second mill accident that we had on the previous page. Oh, do tell. Which is one of the wee boys who cleans the machines got his finger caught today. It was it was snapped right off. <laughs> uh, 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 Indeed. And that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> anyway, moving on. There's just like an inc- like a steadily kind of escalating uh, series of accidents. Just in this more book. and more telling. Yeah. Um, speaking of telling, mm. uh, we sort of get another side to Annie here on page 112. Uh, we ask Annie why the Yankee girls don't like the Irish. She said, they blame us for what happened at the mills. She say that the factory work was better before there were so many Irish. There was uh, time to sit and rest. Now the corporation doesn't care about the girls the way they once did. There are enough Irish girls looking for work that they don't have to. Why the Irish are to blame for all this, I wasn't understanding. Surely we aren't the reason the windows are nailed shut. Or why the rooms are always so hot and so filled with dirt you can hardly breathe. Is it our fault the days are long? Wouldn't we prefer a 10-hour day, too? Uh, I was afraid to say any of that. Still, I decided to ask one question that would not wait. What about you? You talk to me. I'm Irish. And she says, you're different. You're not like the rest. Icky, Amy. Yeah, yeah, I I underlined. I was like, that's that's still bad. Yeah, I wrote, wow. (laughs) You're not like other 
Irish. Right. <laughs> right. I can understand that being upset about like, oh, these people are flooding the industry mm-hmm. and driving down wages. I get that. Yeah. I can understand why that would be something you'd it's be upset about. It's misplaced to put that on the Irish, 100%. As, as Mary points out. Um, but yeah, these are still problems that have been escalating over the years. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Ruth has a, a fever. I don't even remember who Ruth is. Ruth Shattuck. She's one of the boarding house girls. Yeah. Um, the boy who got his fingers snapped off is back in the mills today. It's been four days, I counted. Four days since a little boy got his finger ripped off of his hand. Oh, you said ripped. Yep. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's evocative, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> snapped is a much cleaner word. And it's, but yet... It's, it was ripped. It should be more visceral. <laughs> They're horrible um, things. Oh, um, Annie comes over to visit... For the uh, birthday. For her birthday, for Mary's birthday dinner. We're turning 16. Ooh. Um, and uh, Annie and Aunt Nora spent some time bonding. Uh, it says that once Annie told Aunt Nora that she believes in ghosts, there was no stopping them, <laughs> which is an experience that we've all had. <laughs> it's truly the great bonding of our lives. It's truly the great bonding of our lives. Yes. Uh, so I find that I've also found that with other people, like, um, like people that you don't expect who who seem very kind of like nice middle class midwestern you start talking to them and you just kind of let something slip and they're like oh well i have a story for you and you're yeah. like oh my gosh nancy tell me everything literally tell me everything <laughs> i've had so many conversations with middle-aged women who just drop the most incredible stories on me and i want that for the rest of my life it's a great thing <laughs> shall we move to page 121 um yeah uh all i have to say is that after t annie read some poetry and i didn't understand it neither neither did mary moving on (laughs) we get a letter from sean yeah yeah he's excited he's um he found work he's checked on uh alice o'donnell she's doing she's being taken care of um americans do not like the irish and he thinks it's a mistake that they came. Mm. But again, and there was, was no food in Ireland. Yeah, Sean was one of the more optimistic ones at yes. the beginning. So, Although at least he had the facts about yeah. Irish need, no Irish need apply, those Nina yeah. laws. Yeah. Yeah, Aunt Nora. Indeed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, let's talk about Mr. Fowler, page 122. He was okay. the one who originally signed and trained or at least had annie train mary oh, yeah and he creeps on her yeah it seems like he does this to a lot of the girls he likes to creep up on another them. hint of like uh-huh. what's going on here uh uh-huh. it's not explicit uh it says but I, don't you sometimes just wish it was explicit mm. like i want little girls to know here is what you are up against yeah yeah although it does give a good like hey this is weird like, and because and, a lot of people would, okay, so I'm just going to read it so we all know what we're talking about. Mr. Fowler was eyeing me all morning, buzzing around like a maddened fly he was. In the afternoon, he crept up on me, silent as a mouse. I did not see him until he was right on me. I could feel his breath on my neck. Don't let your mind wander, Mary, he hissed into my ear. "'Twas a miracle I could hear him above the noise, but he was standing very, very close. I was as scared as a rabbit in its burrow. Annie showed me the signal 
they used to warn each other that Mr. Fowler is coming. "'Tis making a circle with your arms over your head. I have always wondered why they do that. He won't catch me again. So, <laughs> yuck. Um, but I could see a, a certain, you know, dismissal of that behavior as like, oh, well, he's just checking up to make sure you're not distracted or something. But there is still like a, no, no, we warn each other, like, stay clear. Yeah. Um, so at least there is there is like a, this is bad. <laughs> like a, a confirmation yes. of like this behavior is not normal. Cool. <laughs> Here's something you should be aware of. However, I think it's shady that Annie didn't tell her about this weeks ago. To earlier. begin with. Yeah. yeah. That should be like lesson one. Here's how you fill a bobbin. Lesson two, this is the signal we make when this guy's being a creep. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Oh, Ruth Shaddock walked out today. Um, that was the girl who had a fever. Uh, uh week or so ago right um da, 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 da. oh she said that it was um annie was trying to convince her to stay but she wasn't hearing any of it um talking the way she was while she packed um and so they sit and listen and she says i don't have eyes in the back of my head i can't tend that many machines without going mad i need fresh air i'm going home where there are no bells 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 um, so it just seems like she's been there for a long time and just sick of the regimentation of, of factory life where you can't, I mean, Mary wanted to work in the factory over someone's house because, you know, her hours were her own, but we're finding out that after a while you get the feeling that, well, well imagine the not. overstimulation. <laughs> yeah. I, we had this dinner party last night and it was lights and we had music going the mm -hmm. whole time and we were all talking, yelling at each other. Mm -hmm. And today my husband is so overstimulated that he can barely function. <laughs> Poor Dan. Sorry, Dan. No, I, well, I mean, we only, that's why we only do it once a month. Yeah, yeah. But like he, he is, he would not be able to handle life mm -hmm. in this type of factory. Whereas no. chaos and noise, that's my mother's milk, man. Are you ready? <sighs> That's what I... I There's been construction in the library where I work mm -hmm. all since the summer. And it's been getting to a point where it's just like constant drilling and banging. And yeah, it's... My been... hospital ward, uh, one of them, was undergoing construction in yeah. the room behind mine. Oh, no. I didn't notice uh -huh. because I just don't notice noise. I, I can't sleep if there's not enough noise. Oh, yeah. I mean, I always have a fan on. Oh, no, I have to watch, like, a show. Yeah. My brain has to have something to watch, or I just have the world's most horrific nightmares. Which is very strange. I, yeah, that's true. So, you want to hear my favorite part of this book? Um, do you want to be a foot away from the microphone while you're... Am I? Well, look at that. Do you want to hear my favorite part of this book? We remember... I, I know what exactly you're going to say, and it's horrifying that this is your favorite part. Listen. Justice. <laughs> This girl, Clarissa Burroughs, remember who we her? hate, who we, whom we hate, <laughs> gets scalped. She gets Ugh. scalped. Remember that beautiful long black hair she, she was so she's proud of? Prettier than she is. It got stuck in a machine and yanked clear off her head. Here's how it how it's written: Clarissa Burroughs' beautiful long black hair was caught in her machine, and her scalp was pulled off. Glory to God, twas a frightful spectacle. <laughs> And Glory to God, indeed. And I wrote on my page, ha, 
sucks to suck. I wrote, ah, (laughs) because it's horrifying. I loved it. Her howls of pain were loud enough to be heard above the roar of the machines. It took forever to stop them. By the time Mr. Fowler cut off her hair and pulled her away, twas too late. There was utter silence. Mr. Fowler wasted no time. He was more concerned that the machines were down than the fate of the girl. As soon as her limp body was removed from the room, he pulled the cord and ordered everyone back to work. (sighs) Um... Ruth had warned Clarissa not to wear her hair that way. She showed her how to fix it up so it wouldn't get caught because this had ha- has happened before. Ruth warned her how dangerous it was, but Clarissa would not listen. She insisted on leaving her hair loose because she was so proud of how long and shiny it was. But look where her pride has gotten her now. <laughs> I have not slept since this happened. Literally my favorite part. My second favorite part of the book is on the next page. Oh. Kate comes by for a visit. Uh, She only stayed for a minute. She was finding out if Aunt Nora, which, knew any love potions. Yeah, I mean, it's not looking good for Aunt Nora. (laughs) So, what do we know about Kate? She's gone to work for this well-to-do family. Okay, yes. She started kind painting of painting her cheeks. Right. Well, and she's also always leveraging herself mm-hmm. to be nearer to the power source. Yes. And in this society, who is the power source? The business owning men. Yes. She works in a household of a business owning man. Yep. His wife is somebody that she technically works for. Yeah. But she started emulating her, but she's still younger. So why would Kate need a love potion? Who is the intended victim? I had not even thought about that. Oh, really? Right away. I wrote, I bet it's Mr. Abbott. It's for Mr. Abbott. Obviously, she's trying to seduce Mr. Abbott. That's wild. Probably Is it? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I just, I I was like, I wonder who that's for. Marriage is fine if you're rich, like Mrs. Abbott. If you're not rich, what do you have to look forward to? Mm. So doesn't that tell you that she's going for somebody rich like Mr. Abbott? Yeah, no, uh, yeah. Bing! Yeah, no, for sure. Well, and then the next favorite part. (laughs) Um, Annie's over again. Mm -hmm. Annie! I told Annie about Kate and the love potions. Um... Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, and that's where you, yeah, where you're saying it's fine if you're rich, like Mr. Abbott. Um, but then Annie says, um, "It would be a shame if a pretty girl like me never marries." Gay. <laughs> um, you want uh, some bad news? Yeah. Page one twenty nine. Mom and dad are dead. <sighs> We get a letter from home. Yeah. Aunt Nora's crying. When it looks up, when she looked up, it looked like the light had left her eyes. She didn't want me to read the letter. She said there was no need. It was from Pop Father Mullaney. Mm-hmm. He said little. Only what was needed, that they are gone. Mm. I feel lost. I never should have left Ireland. Never. Literally what was, you'd be dead now too. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I hate to always do this, but the the entry before is very interesting in context is it um yeah it's um laura austin about 
uh, labor oh, organizing. Yeah, I did it's, want to talk about this one. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I was like, Black wait, wait, this is actually really important. Um, so uh, Laura was, um, fears her name is on the list um, because she was handing out a labor newspaper. Uh, this is a list of girls who the corporation thinks are troublemakers. If you are dismissed, they send the list to the other mills in the area. That way you can't find work and cause more trouble. So Laura has... Which in of itself is the other mill workers doing effectively labor movement against the workers. It's yeah. all right for them to talk and unionize effectively, mm-hmm. but not for the workers. Oh, oh, you mean, yeah, it's okay for business owners to effectively create a monopoly and all work together to Um, control. Kind of. I Like if the, typically, Mm -hmm. they would not send information Mm -hmm. to their competitors, right? But in this case, they are willing to work with their competitors in order to screw the labor worker yeah so they're unionizing because it ultimately benefits the exactly the owners yep because then they in the same way that grouped organization labor work Mm -hmm. would benefit the workers if they were working together against the owners yep 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 so um it continues uh laura was one of the girls in the turnout last year when they were striking for a 10-hour day they got more time for their meals, but twas all. Laura said they all signed the petition, but it came to nothing. The corporation won, just like it always does. Um, and yeah, and now she says um, some girls tend four or five machines. The corporation speed up the machines and slow down the clock, so we will work longer and get paid less. Um, and then she's kind of talking to Mary, like, wouldn't you like to get involved? And uh mary says still if truth be told i'm glad not to have to sign anything for myself i would sign i have nothing to fear but i have ma and da to think about ah uh, but do ya well yeah that's why i was like wait wait we need to talk about this because yeah it's it's um again why a lot of immigrants feel hesitant to sign on to uh labor movements because they are you know they do have a different position. goal than just American workers. So anyway, they died. <laughs> and yeah, and then uh, obviously Mary's really sad. Um, Annie and Laura come by to visit. Uh, Mary also has a cough. Um, and Aunt Nora um, you know, holds her and, and sings uh, one of Ma's lullabies. Um, and it's just, it's very sad. That cough is very concerning, considering things like white lung and brown lung. Mm -hmm. These fibers, cotton fibers, get into the lungs of people and effectively effectively give you walking pneumonia for months and months. Mm -hmm. And pneumonia is awful to get rid of. Mm. It's very difficult to survive. Yeah. Um. We do get confirmation that Laura's name was added to the list. Uh, one of the other girls saw it, and there's a check next to her name, and then it says, Willful. <laughs> Isn't that, like, goals? <laughs> uh, girl boss goals. <laughs> anyway. Um, and then uh, she's talking about it getting darker because it's in October now. 
um, and the lamps are lit in the morning and again in the evening so that we can work in the dark. Um, and it, it, the lamps have a foul smell and it's just... Those gas lamps did stink. Yeah. Um, whale oil. Whale oil. Often. Mm-hmm. Doesn't smell good. Yep. Uh, and then she says, at night my chest heaves painfully. I wake as tired as I, as when I laid down. I thought that would be... She's related. I thought they were going to kill her because they were this close to the end of the book. They don't yeah. Um, yeah. here, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, she's so she's going on about how depressed she is, how the working conditions are so bad. Um, and then she gets a letter. Yeah. From quite the letter. Mr. Quinn. And it's Medicine like, woman. <laughs> oh, that's such an old reference. Um, I'm very old. Yeah. And what did we learn in the letter? That Sean is being held on murder charges? Yes. The man we love is in prison. Oh, no. One the of wheel our part- is turning. partners. Um, uh, something happened to the convent where Alice O'Donnell was. It was attacked by was anti-Irish attacked. mob. Yes. So there was an unruly mob, and they were headed for the Irish district. Um, they attacked homes and churches and destroyed everything on their path. There's two days of rioting. Um, word spread to nearby Somerville, where my nephew Sean was working, fearing for Alice O'Donnell's safety. He made his way to Arlington. There he joined with the others who were working to restore order. He helped evacuate the convent and saw to it that Alice was in safe hands. Then he returned to the convent. The mob had set fire to the now empty building, which was soon engulfed in flames. Although, thank the Lord, none of the children were hurt. Sean and three other Irish lads have been charged as accessories to murder because two of the Yankees died from head wounds received during the rock-throwing riot. Sucks to suck. Yeah. It's very much, oh no, the consequences of my actions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you and, and Sean says, I, you know, he wasn't in Arlington at the time of the violence. He was still in Somerville, but who cares? You're Irish. Go to jail. Um so Alice is safe, but Sean is not. Mm-hmm. Um, and who does Mary take this news to immediately? We all know this. It's Annie. Annie, who uh, else? <laughs> Her main boo. Yes, yes. And um, admittedly, if Dan were put in jail on trumped up murder charges, Jeff, you'd be the first person I'd call. Yeah, but we've had numerous people ask if we're in a romantic uh, Yep relationship and tragically no right uh, <laughs> tragically heterosexual well you, no tragically heterosexual <laughs> yeah good for good for mary she decides to uh take some action she takes some action um, a decision has to be made said Aunt she's Nora. talking to annie and and laura um and da, 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 da. what are we gonna do what if sean um what what would I do? Just let him sit in jail, wait till Mr. Quinn writes me again, this time to tell me how the Yankees dragged him into the street and beat him to death just because he is Irish? Um, I cannot see with anyone's eyes but my own, but I must go to Boston. I must take the money I put aside for Ma and Da and bring it to Sean. Suddenly... Kind of convenient that they died. I know, right? I was like, oh, Thank well. God for that. Right. <laughs> Listen, it's uh, it's been a while since we've seen them. Right. <laughs> so, it's fine. Um... Uh, suddenly Laura broke her silence. I'll go with you, she said. I could hardly believe my ears. Tis just a matter of time before I am dismissed, and I have always wanted to see Boston. And now, 
She said, I will. And then on the next page, <laughs> she tells Aunt Nora that, you know, I'm going to take my pay. But she says, take it all. With the Delaney's board and her own wages, she will have enough. Um, then she gives her a hug and Annie and Laura start to cry. Twas a sight, Annie said we'd best be leaving for the depot they waited outside while i said one more goodbye to anora quiet one she said always remember one thing the lord would ne would never close one gate without opening another the same as ma said when i left home to come to america tis true i hope the end <laughs> i i i wish that these books had more narrative Unless uh -huh. it's a diary, so deal with it. Yeah. I want, I want the full story. I want a jailbreak. Yeah. I want a heist. <laughs> right. I would absolutely like listen to her heist story to like steal yeah. him out of jail. Yes. Want to get to the very depressing epilogue? Yes. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, well, the best news is that Aunt Nora teaches for 32 more years, right? possibly killing other teachers along the way. Listen, we love a vigilante witch. <laughs> Don't we all? Um, Kate Driscoll um, continues to work for Mrs. Abbott, um, and then she eventually marries Dennis Kelly. So who indeed was that love potion for five years previous? It must have or been for, for Dennis. It, well, it's a very long <laughs> dose. Or that it didn't work. Um, Sean hmm. uh, fled Boston as soon as Mary gave him the bail money. Uh, after 1847, we don't know where he is. Yeah, because it was... Uh, very easy to just change your name yep, and start and a whole like, new life in a different city that time. Maybe he moved to Michigan. Yeah. Annie Clark goes to Racine, Wisconsin, marries a lawyer, and I say good for her. Good for her. Although, hmm, tragic. Yeah. Tragic what could have been. Patrick Quinn, very successful businessman. Patrick Quinn, businessman. Yeah. He and Lauren Mary. Yep. Uh, ta -ta 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 -ta. with Quinn's help, place Alice O'Donnell with incapable hands of the Perkins Institute for the Blind. Love that. Wow, I'm so glad everyone has a happy ending in this book, right? Yeah, except for Mary Driscoll died of cholera in the cholera epidemic of 1849. She was 17. Two years later. Right? God! <laughs> I will say this book somehow manages to be less depressing than... The Oregon Trail book because okay. our character yeah. kills somebody else accidentally poisoning them yeah. to death. Yeah, and almost kills one of her true loves. Right, and like little children that she yeah. admired. Yeah. Horrid. So I do think that book sucked harder uh, in terms of like how much we put our character through, but yeah. yikes to this book. <sighs> Poor Mary. I know. Everything, I, and, and, like, literally from page one is just, just off a parade of misery. Yeah. And you know what? So many people loved it. Yeah. <laughs> this book has a lot of fans. This one's very popular? Yeah. This is, Everyone I've told that, like, oh, this one's next. Everyone's like, yes! And, and to them, I want to say, what's wrong with you? <laughs> That's, no, no, um, it is a good book. I and I it's like I licking a nine volt battery of pain. It just is constant I think and immediate. This this book is a good example of the pure masochism that uh, fans of this book series are into. Of like, just give me the most depressing story. I think also history people in general. Mm -hmm. Like, what if we just tell the most horrible things? Yeah. Right. And of course, it's so fitting that it's Irish. It's like yes. the immediate other thing I I, I thought of was Angela's Ashes. I was like, oh, and that's Irish. <laughs> uh, Ooh, sorry. Sorry about my yawn. Yeah. Uh, gosh, Angela's Ashes. Gee whiz. Jeez. Oh, geez. 
Huh, it's terrible. Ah, oh, that's oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're what's gonna our go, next one? We're gonna go make a casserole. Uh, and we'll probably put it in a Jello mold. Let yeah. it set up for the morning. Oh boy, I'm gonna make you guys that stuff. I'm not gonna eat it. No. Yeah, you shouldn't. Uh, the anyway, the next book on our. I've list. also never eaten it, but I have made it. You've never eaten it. Correct. What? Correct. I mean, that. why would you? Right. But why would you make it? Why because did you... my grandmother likes it. And so you put it out because grandma likes it. Grandma. Grandma. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> she considers the only spices to be salt, pepper, and butter. <sighs> okay, we're going to just sit with that. Um. So the next book we're going to be reading is uh i thought my soul would rise and fly oh yeah we ordered it that should get here soon diary of patsy yeah freed girl uh so it's about um reconstruction era reconstruction south carolina so that should be interesting and not at all depressing is there a michigan book i don't think there is (laughs) i know it would be is often overlooked you know it would be too happy probably everything in michigan is great. great yeah It'd be like, oh, I uh, just hung out on the lake and just caught some waves. Yeah. Ate a little white fish. Yeah. And we caught some beavers and uh, cut the holes, <sighs> all the trees down. But there doesn't seem to be, probably because it's not a boy's story. Maybe the boys will have a. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, Sorry, I didn't make a full sentence there. Yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, so we'll be in South. Well, okay. We have one more episode that we have already recorded, which is why we were so past we are it. very eventually. late. But we uh, we have recorded our guest episode, and it's delightful. Such we a good had one. such a great time talking with our guest. Um, so tune in for that. Tune in for that, and then afterwards we will take a trip down south to South Carolina. Fantastic. Until then, see you in Fortnite, and uh, I don't know, read a book. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Au revoir. <laughs>